Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Lauren Lindsay. Lauren, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Lauren is a CFP. She is a vice president and private wealth advisor at Westwood Wealth Advisors. I'm excited to have you on. Lauren, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thank you so much. Yes, I am a certified financial planner, a fee-only financial planner for 22 years. Um, I think I do what I do because no two days are ever the same, and I'm constantly helping people to live their best lives and to achieve their financial goals. Personally, I live in Houston, Texas. I am married with a 10-year-old daughter, and I am the leader of her Girl Scout troop, which outside of work is probably one of the other things that gives me the greatest joy. Um, but I am lucky that I really enjoy my job and I really, really like helping people to achieve their financial goals. Nice. Well, I certainly appreciate all that. So we, we were just talking offline about how if it's not hurricane season, it's it's tough <laughs> snow or it's earthquakes or it's extreme heat. And, you know, 2020 has sort of shown us that we, we if it's not one thing, it is, in fact, going to be something else. Um yeah. And I, I, how 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 are you and how are your clients dealing with the uncertainty and the, I guess the the, what is the term that I'm searching for? Just uh, COVID and and this unprecedented time that 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 we're living through. Yeah, definitely. I think that one of the things that's interesting about financial planning in general is that it's very dynamic anyway. Mm. So we write a plan for a certain space in time but we always know that something's gonna happen and it's gonna change. We never know what that's going to be. And so, you know, we have life events that are still happening. So we have COVID happening, but we still have people who are getting married and getting divorced and having babies and people who are passing away. And, you know, all these things that continue on despite, you know, us being locked down, life is still going on. And so people, you know, right now, there's job uncertainty, so I think a lot of people are turning to their financial planning and really grateful if they have an emergency fund in place. Um, people are losing benefits. I know a lot of companies are knocking out um, matches on their 401k plans, for example, trying not to have to fire people, trying not to have to reduce their paychecks, but a lot of people are having paychecks cut you know if they're not having their jobs cut we have a lot of people losing jobs taking voluntary severance packages so it really is impacting people on a, a monetary level all across the country and so as you and i were discussing you know now we have hurricane laura and i spent some time this morning on the phone with clients who have been you know absolutely devastated by that um no power, no water for six weeks, best case. Oh. And, you know, what do you do, especially if you have little kids um, and people, you know, who have called for money to be sent over so they can start repairs as soon as possible and, you know, get going, get things back on track. But, you know, one woman I spoke with said, you know, six weeks is the best case scenario. 
and it's going to depend on the availability of people to help fix things. Um, when we had Harvey, that was our problem. We couldn't get anyone to come fix our house for, for six months. And we were lucky that we were able to kind of patch it and, and live with, we had a tree fall on our house. Um, we were able to patch and, and have that, you know, livable for that time while we were waiting. But a lot of people were flooded out and couldn't continue to live in their house. So it's one of those things where, you know, we, we hear that word pivot a lot. And I think it's really important that you have a plan that pivots and that can allow for different things happening in your life because that's one of the things we always know is that you know you plan for it but there's always going to be the inevitable things that you can't plan for um i've been working with a woman who lost her husband earlier this year and she's very young to be a widow um and he passed away right at the end of february and so she's been trying to do you know what a, a widow has to do during this time but with all the covid barriers and and just she's been amazingly strong in getting through everything so i do think that's part of my job is to help support my clients as best i can and um when i started working in louisiana i, I worked at for a firm in louisiana for 14 years and i started right after katrina i was actually supposed to start in september and the hurricane hit in august and I basically just listened and I went to a training that was sponsored by one of my clients who was a therapist. And I said, I just don't feel like I'm trained to be a therapist. And he looked at me and he said, you have two ears and that's what people need right now. And that's the best thing you can do is mm -hmm. listen to their story. And if you can help them in some way, fantastic. But I think right now I have friends who are therapists and they said they're crazy busy because so many people just need to be heard and, and need to be sort of reassured that, you know, gosh, what you're feeling right now is actually pretty normal for what we're dealing with because this is a pandemic that we've never seen the likes of. So I don't pretend to be a therapist. I don't play one on TV, <laughs> but I do think that listening is a very important part of my job. And if I can help someone, um, this woman this morning said, you know, I, I'm going to need some money wired and also wired to my son and and things like that. And she said, thank you so much for getting right on this. And I said, gosh, that's the least I can do. You know, I'm sure there's there's bigger and other things I can help with, but we'll start with that for right now. So it is, you know, it is a really, really challenging time. And I think one of the things when you are a planner is to help people think about, you know, bad things that can happen. So life insurance and disability insurance and having an emergency fund so that when those bad things do happen, you're at least in a situation where you can handle the financial piece of it. Yeah. Amen. It's so many, so many things. Uh, I mean, goodness, six weeks, no power, no electricity. And that's the best case. And then even after that, there's not a guarantee that somebody's, that there's going to be a professional who can actually come out and then fix it. I, 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 I saw on the news this morning that some businesses in St. Paul or Minneapolis, wherever it was, that the cost to simply demolish uh, the buildings was going to be way more than the insurance was going to cover. So we just don't know what's what's what 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 what's going to be happening. Um, so the more we can position ourselves, I, I guess, for success, uh, really, the better. Um, so just to talk really granularly. Uh, and 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 I appreciate that that everybody's situation is going to be different. Do you have thoughts on just how much cash people should have in the form of an emergency fund? That's a great question. And I know um, back in the day, Susie Orman liked to talk about a certain number of months. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that's the worst idea. I I'm a fan of 
you know, if you have a pretty stable income, um, probably anywhere from three to six months, if your job is a more of a fluctuating income, probably six months and higher. Um, and I'm looking at living expenses, not salary. So what do you need to live on? What do you need to keep food on the table and the lights on and, and power on and things like that? Um, but the other piece of it is I actually have found over the years, a lot of people have a number in their head that they anchor to. And if I don't have X number of dollars in the bank, I am very anxious. And yeah. so I actually start off asking people that number. Hmm. What's your what's your sleep at night number is what I call it. Um, I actually have a sleep at night number that is derived from when I owned my own house. I had my pipes freeze and then burst within six months Eesh. of um, – Owning my house, I was 29 at the time, so not ideal. Uh, I had a 401k, I had credit cards, I borrowed against my 401k, I put money on credit cards, I borrowed from my parents, and this was all covered by insurance, but as we all know, insurance doesn't pay out quite so quickly. So I now have this number in my head that even though the likelihood of my pipes freezing in Houston, Texas, where it's 104 degrees, is very, very low, I still have to have that number in my emergency fund or I start to twitch a little bit. So I find that most people have a number that makes them feel comfortable. And so for me, that's the right answer. Yeah, no, I think that's excellent right there. What is your sleep at night number? And I bet with, with a little bit of a, a couple of different questions and then using your listening ears that we were talking about earlier, uh, people can probably get to that answer on their own. Yeah. We usually talk about, was there a time in your life when you were worried about money? And I do find that for a lot of people, their growing up experiences largely impact how they view money now. And sometimes they'll have stories that they haven't shared with their spouses. And it's very important to get to the meat of that hmm. to understand where people are coming from. So a couple of years ago, I met with a couple and they retired and they had plenty of money for retirement. Their kids were all well successfully launched and, and, you know, doing great things in the world, didn't need their parents to help them. And they had this ridiculous, in my opinion, amount of life insurance for how, you know, financially set they were. And I, I had them both in and I had never met with the wife before. Um, we had met with the husband a couple of times because he was the guy that loved to come in and have the meetings, whereas she wasn't that interested. I just said, you know, I really would like to meet you. I'd really like you to come in. And so I just said, you know, I'm just wondering if there's any reason why there's so much life insurance. And she looked me straight in the eye and she said, my dad died when I was little. Hmm. My mom was left with nothing and I will never not have that life insurance. No matter how much you think we're fine, <laughs> I need that to sleep. Yeah. And, and that was it. And I said, oh, okay, we're keeping the life insurance, <laughs> no problem. So most people, when you dig down, have these stories. And sometimes when I'm meeting with a couple, especially, there may be stories they haven't shared with each other because they didn't really think it was relevant. But I remember I had a couple come in very early on in my career before I was better at this than I think I am now. And they were talking about retirement and they were both living somewhere super snowy and they weren't too excited about it. Um, but they both were going to buy, they both agreed that they were going to buy a, a smaller retirement home and stay where they are. And one of them said, but I thought you wanted to stay here. And the other one said, but I thought <laughs> you wanted to stay here. And turns out neither of them wanted to stay. So we completely scrapped the plan and started over again. But they had just never had that conversation for fear of, 
upsetting the other person or or maybe things had changed I don't know but it was this incredible aha moment where they both said oh this is what neither of us want let's <laughs> not do this anymore so sometimes it is really important just to kind of check in and you know for some people it's harder to to start that conversation so it may be easier to have a third party like me involved and say I can ask the tough questions or you know I can be the heavy sometimes I'll have to be the person that will say things like you know if you give this money to your kids it's really going to impact your financial future um, your ability to retire so I don't know if that's the best idea and I kind of feel like if I don't say things like that I'm really committing malpractice and so sometimes it is hard conversations that we have to have but I do feel like it's a huge part of my job to give people those truths and then let them make the decisions once they have all the facts to back it up. Yeah, well, I think that that's so true. And I, I had written down um, the best time to start planning. And it was just in, in response to the, the, the fact we were talking about how if it's not a natural disaster, something in our lives is going to change. We're going to have a, a child get married, divorce, yeah. somebody's going to pass away, whatever it might be. So there's never there's never a bad time to start planning, even if you haven't started planning yet. Now is the perfect time. And, you know, to, to your point, um, it's so important to be checking in on on your plan. Cause it's not static. And what you thought was the case five years ago may not lo- may no longer be the case. Right. And I try to check in with everybody at least annually. So when I work with my clients, you know, I sort of like to set up a month, kind of like your dentist visits where you come back and we check in and we revisit things. And I say, you know, we're going to check in 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 six to 12 months, depending on what happens. But if anything changes, I want to hear from you sooner. So I, I had a client a couple of years ago and he was hitting his 50th birthday. He had served in the military and was retiring from the military. He was changing careers. And he called me and he said, we're adopting a baby. Wow. <laughs> I said, oh, that's not anything we had talked about. He said, nope, sure isn't, but it's happening. So, you know, throw everything else out and we have a new plan. We have a three-month-old and, um, you know, and it was the best news, but it was a complete 180 from where he had been heading. He decided to, he was he was going to stay home and uh, and stay with her for a while and um, and it's been it's been great. They've had a great success story, but you you just never know when life's going to hand you one of those curveballs, and you want to say yes to it. So yeah. it's a great story. Yeah, for sure. And to be able to do that is 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 incredible. There's so many wonderful things that the technology is is helping us as investors, and it's just giving people access to professional money management and great tools and software. But you know. As a financial advisor, as a financial planner, you're talking so much more. Probably 80% of the stuff you talk about is way more than than just the numbers. It's like what you've been talking about here. It's 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 these events. Definitely, I would say that for me, um, the investments and the numbers are probably one of the smaller pieces <laughs> of it. I would say definitely working with people on their cash flow. You know, money coming in, money going out. Are we able to save or at least not go into debt every single month. It's probably one of the most important things I work with people on. But to your point, just kind of talking to people and understanding where they're coming from, making sure if you know they're part of a family that the family understands everybody and what their values are and what's important to them. And are the decisions that we're making helping us to get closer to those values and goals or taking us further away? 
so the numbers are definitely a piece of it, but it's not the whole story. It's not the most important thing by any stretch of the imagination. And I think one of the things I've learned in my 22 years is that money can help people to live very wonderful lives. But I've had a lot of people who have had an awful lot of money who have been very, very unhappy. So it's, it's not the solution. It's not the be all and end all. So really to think about what does bring you joy. And I think that's something that people are doing now, you know, with their time at home, we're not running around quite so much. I mean, I don't know about other people, but all, all my daughter's activities have been canceled. Camp was canceled. So we have a lot of together time and, and a lot, you know, a lot of time to kind of think about what mattered and, and what was giving us quality of life. And so I'm seeing the same thing with my clients. Um, Consequently, there's a huge increase in estate planning happening. People have the time to think about what matters to them. They have the time to think about how they want to be remembered. They have, in some cases, they have, you know, people who are contracting the disease, people who are getting sick. Um, In a few cases, I've had clients who have lost family members, and it's really made them think, gosh, do I have my stuff together Um, And so if something happened to me that somebody could execute my wishes and a lot of people are realizing that, no, they don't. And some of it is, oh, you know, I'm not old enough. I don't have the time. And I think this has changed a lot of that. The estate planning attorney I've spoken to has been so busy. Um, And as we're thinking about the elections and that Congress could also, you know, change some of the laws around that, it's a really good time to revisit your estate plan in addition to your financial plan. And sometimes people will kind of, you know, set this aside and not think about it. But to your point, every time you have, you know, somebody born, somebody dies, somebody get married, that's another reason to revisit your estate planning documents as well. And just make sure that what you have in there is still current. Um, One of the things that I do with my clients is I like them to do a written list of their funeral wishes which sounds very morbid and not at all fun, but it's actually, I've found for some people, it's it's a great way into talking about what matters to them and to make sure that they do have their wishes documented. Um, estate planning is a very big, very important part of financial planning. And what I have found is the people that have their wishes written down, it's, it's a lot of peace of mind for them because they know that they're gonna be executed but it's a huge, huge relief for the people who are going to be left behind to execute those wishes. And you may say, oh, we've talked about that. You know, my kids know what I want. And if it's not written down, when you're in that paralysis of grief, it's very, very hard to remember. And if you've got it on a piece of paper and you can say, oh, yes, this is what they wanted, it's a huge gift for that person. So, That's one of the things that, you know, when people are sort of stuck, I'll say, let's start with your wishes for your funeral. How do you want to be remembered? Because for some people thinking about, oh, gosh, you know, I don't know what to do with my stuff or, you know, horrible thought of what do I do with my children? But how do people want to be celebrated? Usually folks have a very, very strong opinion. And when I started really doing this in earnest was when I was practicing outside of New Orleans. And New Orleans, as you may know, has a tremendous tradition of celebrating people after they've passed away. So parades and parties and all that sort of stuff. And I really think that's a great tradition to embrace if you're if you're comfortable with that to say, how does how do I want my life to be celebrated? How do I want to be remembered and memorialized? 
And as a result, over the years of doing this, I've had some great people come up with some great tributes. And every single time the people left behind say, thank you so much. At a terrible time, I was so grateful to have all these things documented and to make sure that I could carry out the wishes of the person that I loved. I think that that is such a such a great starting point and helping people get get thinking about that so that's excellent well lauren savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them yeah my difference making tip is related to what we just talked about definitely if you don't have estate planning documents in place get them in place especially if you have small children i have so many people who are talking about i don't have anything But if you have little people in your life that matter to you, that's the number one reason to get your wills done or your estate planning documents. And anybody that is going to be responsible for carrying out those wishes is going to be so grateful to you for having done them. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. My contact information is on our website, which is westwoodgroup.com. And I also on YouTube have a um, teleconference that I've done called Planning for the Inconceivable, which is all about the importance of estate planning inside of a financial plan. So if you go to YouTube and Google Planning for the Inconceivable, that should come up and you can have some more tips right there. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lauren your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to westwoodgroup.com as well as going to YouTube and searching Planning for the Inconceivable. Thank you again, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You as well. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.